Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Goracho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Tenkenshi, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, very special guest. He is the EP and head writer of Jesus and Marrow on Showtime, Josh Gondelman. Hey, Wait, Ben. Thanks Showtime? for having me. I got that right, right? Yeah, we're on Showtime. Oh, great. Okay, cool. For Hell real, yeah. Quick, quickly, I was like, is that... I said the right network, right? Showtime's mm-hmm. still a network, right? Yep. Great. Show, there's still Showtime. <laughs> It didn't go the way of CNN There's been a Premium calling. or whatever. Yeah, it didn't yeah, go there's... the way of Quibi. Um... <laughs> I would say that it's kind of like TV networks now. It feels a little Mortal Kombat. It does, yeah. They're all conquering one another, merging. Vaya Combat! Vaya <laughs> <laughs> uh, Combat. I guess that's kind of what like that uh, Nickelodeon riff on Smash Bros. was, more or less. Mm-hmm. I think they threw mm-hmm. some Ninja Turtles in there. I think Viacom owns them. Oh, yeah. I yeah. never know. I'm so bad at that end of the business, like knowing who owns what. I, You know what I mean? I feel like some people are so on top of it. And I'm just like, the Ninja Turtles. They're owned. I mean, does Splinter own the rights to the Ninja Turtles? I think so. I think Splinter <laughs> owns the IP. So the Turtles are not allowed to use the branding unless he sanctions it. Um, yeah. But I did. I think there was a storyline about Donatello selling bootlegs of uh, some Ninja Turtle DVDs. <laughs> They're always eating calzones and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, how are you, Josh? How you doing? I'm doing okay, thanks. We're on a little summer break from Jesus and Marrow, and so I'm doing a little stand-up on the road. Do, uh, I'm going to visit my parents tomorrow, which I'm very excited about up in Boston. Delightful. So I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good spending a lot of uh, good quality time with my wife and our uh, kind of grumpy elderly dog. So you're taking like an actual vacation right now. It's I'm like working a little bit, but I'm mostly okay. I'm like really putting off like any work I have to do immediately gets deprioritized. If someone's like, Hey, do you want to like, uh, go get a coffee? And I'll be like, yeah, I'll do that for the next six hours. Wow. That's beautiful. I really wish I was better at that. I need to learn how to be better at being like, I'm not working right now. Mm-hmm. I'm doing literally anything else. <laughs> I also will let myself off the hook for like, well, look, I'm doing stand up at night and that's that's work. So it's not like I'm not working. And then in the daytime, I'll just be like, uh, you know, read some some of a book and then just spend, I don't know, 12 straight hours on Twitter hating myself and the world. <laughs> You know, that's not the persona you give off on Twitter, to be perfectly no. honest. You're famous for your pep talk, so it does seem like you're actually just projecting love. 
I try to, I mean, I'm not putting hate out, but I am like slowly being like, Ooh, maybe it's bad here. (laughs) Maybe, maybe we're not, this is not (laughs) the best of all possible worlds. I do feel like it's probably not like necessary for all of us to always know everything bad happening everywhere at once. It's tough. Cause I Um, I can't, I can't help everyone. No. So I I just have to know about it. (laughs) Right, there's some stuff I can do, and then, right, the rest of it, you just hold it, like, oh, it's like, oh, I guess I had a rock for dinner instead of food, Mm -hmm. so that just stays with me, and I can't, it doesn't help. Yeah. Eating a rock for dinner, that's got, like, real, like, parable vibes. That's, uh, that was a good, that was a good pull. Yeah, it does. I bet, I bet someone in ancient Greece uh, allegedly ate a rock for dinner. It's giving Stragonona, it's giving, uh, it's giving, like, Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins vibes. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, like, real folklore-ish. Yeah, Like, it would be, like. Um, like Shlomo who ate a rock for dinner. <laughs> yeah, like, it's got every the day golem his whole energy. family comes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, Are you hungry again yet, Shlomo? And he's like, Nope, I've eaten this rock. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally and... he had to admit that a rock isn't dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then and then that's the part where the rabbi tells you the rock represents uh everyone else's suffering, mm-hmm. all the suffering you can't mm-hmm. that you can't uh deal with or digest. Mm-hmm. I feel like we would have been such good folklore. It seems like um, it was a lot easier, right? Because like it always ended with someone telling you what it meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like it's it was all very special episodes. Like yeah. Aesop left nothing to the imagination. No, like if you don't like, nail the subtext, you can just make it text in, in, mm-hmm. in a fable or parable. It's like at the end, yeah. you just kind of tell them. But uh, that is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> it really <laughs> it lets you off a lot the easier. <laughs> But you do have to have the thing about it is you can't have any moral ambiguity. There's no like True. good fellas of fables, right? There's no like, hey, life is hard and people aren't all good or all evil. Sometimes good people do bad things because what of the way it feels. And it's like, all right, man, this is a story about like a grasshopper and a frog. You gotta make it a cleaner cut. <laughs> I would like to see, I think it's a good challenge though. I feel like that should be like the writing Olympics is like, you have to write a parable that is amoral mm-hmm. and doesn't have a perspective. Mm-hmm. Scorsese's <laughs> fables. <Yeah. laughs> like really crushing in the verbal uh, mashups today. This Josh. is truly I, locked this and is loaded. a disease my brain has. It's all I'm good for. <laughs> I have a buddy, Dan Casey, who has the same thing. We worked together for a few years, and every day at work, I feel like he could rattle off like 20 of these. And I don't know how he mm-hmm. did it, um, but it always impressed me, and I felt nothing but envy, as I as I feel now. I'm not, I'm, I'm not as good. I have no, my moments. It's, it's truly like such a uh, large... I mean, like it, I have the only job where that's a useful skill, <laughs> is comedy writer. If I were... If I had any other job, not only would that not be relevant, it would be actively annoying and a detriment to workplace I feel culture. Like, I feel like party clown, it's probably pretty mm-hmm. useful. Yeah, party Middle clown. Middle school teacher, elementary school teacher. Oh, yeah, the people, they would boo. Yeah. The children would boo. <laughs> and I would deserve it. Yeah, no, that's that's probably true. <laughs> I um when I used to teach, I briefly taught elementary school Spanish for a mm-hmm. job for which I was not qualified, and I was teaching. That doesn't sound my, that hard. I feel like you'd probably be okay. Well, so kindergarten slam dunk, first through <laughs> third grade, pretty simple. I had to teach seventh and eighth grade as well. Mm. It was like a, a private school that went up to eighth grade. Okay, and that complicates I was, things. I was teaching those kids about direct object pronouns. This was. Yeah. 
2007 and I wrote direct object pronouns, AKA the notorious DOPs uh, on the board. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is, let me just put this out here. Does anyone know who the notorious BIG was? And one eighth grade girl raises her hand and was like, he was a rap artist and was implicated in the murder of Tupac Shakur. And it was like, (laughs) that's a fascinating frame of reference to have. Like, you know, okay. I was like, we don't have time to get into all of this, but. (laughs) Oh man. Um, that's really fun. You know, kids, kids say the darndest things. And uh, <laughs> someone should do something with that. Like someone should make a show or something about it. I feel like yeah. there's something there, right? Yeah. I mean, you'd need like a punchier title, right? You couldn't just call it Kids Say the Darndest Things. So no one really says darn or darndest anymore. I guess you need, I guess you need someone with like I guess a like Biden maybe has possible. or does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe Biden. He, he for, sure. for real said that. Yeah, we tried our darndest, but. Yep. But accidentally, uh, we've accomplished almost nothing. Judge a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, brutal. <laughs> yeah, we're taking we're taking Joe Biden down here on Mortal Podcast. We're gonna get so many people. We're gonna get like a uh, hundred people replying to this episode, being like, "But you have to vote." And it's like, I didn't say I wasn't gonna vote. No, Can't you yeah, make fun of a guy and still vote in several months. Like, I'm going to for sure vote for whoever's the least a Nazi, and there's a very good chance that's Joe 100%. Biden. 100%. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, what do you, you want me to vote now? <laughs> I can't vote now. It's like a- They won't we- let me. I'll go to jail. I don't even it's, know that I'd be voting for the right person. It's a Thursday. You, you don't even <laughs> vote on Thursdays. <laughs> uh, relax. I'm going to vote later. Also, vote Joe later. Biden could be doing more. <laughs> <laughs> he could be doing more right yeah. there's it's not like if i it's not like a um a video game right like the e honda 100 hand slap where if i vote more times he's a more effective <laughs> president that'd be tight though if it were that'd be if pretty specifically sick. you had to do the e honda hand slap where you just like order mash to, the button a bunch elect, of times. yeah yeah He's a very powerful. The president. most important skill. Yeah, that's like mm-hmm. the fucking Ready Player One version of electing the president. <laughs> it's like going to the arcade and mashing the right buttons. Oh. Speaking of mashing buttons, you brought up E Honda, which implies that you've got some familiarity with uh, the lesser fighting game franchise, Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> I love that. I mean, obviously, this podcast takes a hard pro yeah. Mortal Kombat anti Street Fighter stance. Not as good, not enough monsters. Story leaves a lot, uh, a lot to be desired. But um, what is uh, what is your personal history, Josh, with with Mortal Kombat? Have you played the MK games? Yes. Um, but I fell off. I th- so when I was young, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat, the original, was that was like a big. It was a big deal that you could enter a code and there would be blood. And I was a very played the Super Nintendo version. Super Mortal Nintendo Kombat version. two, then yeah, yeah. Was that Mortal Kombat two? It wasn't until Mortal Kombat two. You know, I hope I'm right about that. My brain doesn't make memories anymore because I right. have to cordon a lot of it off to uh, raising a toddler. Mm-hmm. So, um, sorry, I should be clear. Not medically, just um, <laughs> just in the way, well, just in the I've, way that uh, dads don't do that anymore. So I'm, I'm only pretty this. sure. It's just I've talked about this publicly. My dad did last year briefly suffer from literal amnesia. He had amnesia 
like don't I regret TV. making that yeah. joke. No, 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 no. He's fine now. He's <laughs> okay, fine. Um, when I say, I say as a joke, he doesn't remember it at all. That is literally true. He's just like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> like people tell him about it. He's like, oh, that's funny that I was like that. And everyone's like, that's very upsetting. And he's like, nah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> How long did um, it last? It was like, like 16 hours. Okay. That's yeah. that's terror. That's wild. It's really scary. One of the scariest days of my life. Yeah, um, but he's fine. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's, when you were like, you were like the way you know the way dads court. I'm like, oh yeah, the way your dad gets amnesia for 16 hours, and then you have to learn that amnesia is actually real and not yeah. just the thing that happens to like Daffy Duck when he gets hit yeah. by a coconut. I've got that classic dad Daffy uh, amnesia right now, uh, which is why I can't remember if it was only Mortal Kombat 2 or both one and two. But so. I, I, yeah, but I remember Mortal. I remember Mortal Kombat One playing it for Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, and in the arcades. Mm-hmm. And I remember the the blood when that came into play, whenever it was. Because at first there was a code that you'd have to use the blood code, right? And it would well it would only if you were on a Nintendo console. Otherwise, God. otherwise it was a it was a free for all on the it blood was just the in gore. there and on Sega yeah. and in the arcades. Um, oh, yeah. and I was very squeamish, and it made me very nervous. But I did like the the creativity of the of the fighting was very fun. And then I probably, probably played that and two on various consoles, like with friends, because it yeah. wouldn't have been welcome in the Gondelman home. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Too violent. I think the only fighting games that I was ever able to have were at clay fighter 64 for N64. Oh, hell, 63 and one third. You mean, excuse, excuse me. You're right. 63 and one third. Funny title. <laughs> um, they're very funny title. Like a naked gun style video game yeah, title. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Uh, that was really fun. I had, and then I had the Smash Brothers, obviously, which is very gentle. Um, but I would play it at friends' houses, and so I never got very good, but I did enjoy them. And then I kind of—I don't think I've played anything since like four, maybe, which I probably just like got slaughtered at an arcade at one point. Yeah, on some that kind cool of board arcade walk. cabinet with the like real guy made up to look like Quan Chi, mm-hmm. who we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, so, so tight. <laughs> Really cool. I mean, like, I love and and I also have so much um, affection for those days of like just four player arcade cabinets like I the the fighting games, the Simpsons one, the Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time of my youth that like that stuff, just standing there with four friends at an arcade, just like mashing the hell out of it is, is such a good time. I don't know if you have any consoles now or if you still play video games, but they just released a. I guess it's a remake of like the, I don't know if it was turtles in time or another one from that same era with the Ninja yeah. turtles called shredders revenge. And it is, it's probably my favorite game I've played this year. It's so good. It's like, Oh, that rules. Yeah. It's like exactly like those old beat em ups, but slightly modernized, but still 2d graphics, um, still like 16 bit style graphics. And, so uh, fun. I'm so like, nostalgic for that. So much better to play. Yeah. I understand that video games are like artistic triumphs now, but I don't want that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not what I want to smash and punch and throw fireballs and that's it. And so yeah. I have a switch that I don't use very often, but I did have a period of like using it pretty frequently and was playing Dude. like shovel. Was it shovel fighter? Is that the name of it? Oh, the, shovel Knight. That game was really shovel good. Knight. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. You need to uh-huh. get get Shredder's Revenge on the on the Switch. You're going to be happy. This is perfect. I'm it's very excited. It's a perfect travel game. You can That's, play like the I'm, levels. Literally take six minutes to play. 
Perfect. All of them are six minutes, which is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. Able, I'm yeah. gonna get. I have some some air travel coming up soon, and I'm just gonna be there the adult, just like doing turtle things, and they'll be like, uh, "We know when you were born and why you're like this." Man, my wife and I have never been more popular than when we had a flight uh, to Uganda, which was like a zillion hours long. Yeah, and brought we both brought our switches. And all the kids on the plane were like playing Mario Kart with us, like in the airport That's and like the so whole flight because we could play with like That's four so different fun. people at once. Yeah, That rules. <laughs> Mar- Mario Kart is like that was the other one that I was playing a lot when I like fired up the switch. I was like, oh, there's oh, yeah. a new Mario Kart. This rules. Yeah. They've been putting out some new levels recently for okay. Mario Kart. Right. Yeah, I'm in. I'm going to ruin your life and, and get you really addicted to video games again right now. It's perfect. the perfect time. Okay, Honestly, so I feel like really staying off social media. I'm like, oh, a video game is like productive because it keeps me away from just Instagram. That makes sense. I, honestly, that does make sense. It is a it is a much better use of your time. You're consuming yeah. art and yeah. uh, deriving pleasure from something instead of yeah. locking yourself in a brain prison. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. Sorry. Um, okay. Like- so you're you're familiar with Mortal Kombat through the like early games. I'm curious because I see, especially with you name dropping Clay Fighter. Uh, objectively not a good game to play, but a very no. fun game. I'm curious if like me, where you, you were kind of drawn to, I, I'm assuming like comedy games, the funny games, like yeah, even if they I like, weren't necessarily good, you were like, oh, Simpsons Bowling, I'll check it out. Yeah, like, and I kind, played yeah. those like adventure, like uh, CPU games that are like, oh, like yeah. um, Sam and Monkey Max Island. at the Road. Mm-hmm. Monkey, I, I don't think I had Monkey Island, but I had Day of the Tentacles, Sam and Max at the Road, a couple others. I really liked that kind of, that sense of yeah. like whimsy and, and kind of fun and sarcasm in a game. So I did, yeah. I really like that kind of stuff. But then I also played the more straightforward, like GoldenEye 007, obviously as a, a man of a certain age, uh, that was like a very important, to, to murder my friends at sleepovers was like a, <laughs> a real formative part of my youth, for sure. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that that's an interesting point to come in on today because we're talking about a character who actually didn't make their appearance until... Uh, the second to last Mortal Kombat game released, which came out in 2015. So this is okay. very much beyond oh, yeah, your way after point my... of reference for the narrative. Were you ever like super aware of or involved in the narrative of Mortal Kombat? Or was it kind of just like about re- the thrill of seeing something that made you feel ill? Uh, I remember the, the general premise of Mortal Kombat and, and kind of the arc of the, the early games that there was this kind of tournament that, that like it was very... I think the the mythology of it felt very like okay you you were going to be this kind of like from all dimensions this kind of vanguard of fighting and you had to and there was Goro at the end and um yeah so I I remember it a little bit but I think the individual characters mythologies because they're all so mythic where it's like you know with Street Fighter you're like oh Guile is in the Air Force <laughs> he's just like a guy <laughs> in the US Air Force and like um so you know, I think that it, that it got like the spot, how far out the, the mythology spiraled, like immediately got away from me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you have it, uh, in a sense, right. It is a game about, I, sometimes I do a very long spiel about this. I think we can do it more briefly here, but the, the sort of creation myth for mortal Kombat is that, uh, without getting into every detail of it, there was a pantheon of elder gods that created the various dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the elder gods, the last thing they want for reasons that are not super relevant to the story today is for those dimensions to merge with one another. 
okay. um, and become one dimension again. Um, so they created the Mortal Kombat fighting tournament as a stipulation where it's like if one realm is what they call it, Mortal Kombat, wants to conquer mm-hmm. another realm, they have to win uh, 10 Mortal Kombat fighting tournaments in a row and then they get the okay. Um, okay. Kind of just to make it very challenging to do so. Um, it seems like they're is, setting up some impediments for this goal they're trying to accomplish of merging the realms. Yeah, well, they they don't want the realms to merge. Oh, they don't want for the them, realms to merge. Okay. Yeah, for them, they Got were it. like, by making this tournament, these people still have free will. Sure. But they hopefully, like, if they ever merge the realms, it'll just take, like, so long that the people trying to do it will pretty much, like, be dead. Right, um, like Steph Curry gets hurt, his realm isn't really performing super well for a couple of years. Exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's exactly like <laughs> They that. draft really high in the Mortal Kombat draft. Yeah. It's like Goro was like a, cha- a, a champion of this realm called Outworld, mm-hmm. um, trying to defeat other realms and merge them with Outworld, and heroes you might be familiar with from those earlier games like Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage and Luke Kang. Oh, yeah. Uh, were were drafted for the Earth Realm team by mm-hmm. uh, the God who protects our realm. Every realm has like their own God protecting them, um, and like their coach basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool Who's drafting, yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the creation myth that leads to uh, the character that we're going to be talking about today and her small, admittedly, role in in all of those proceedings. But before we do dive into it. Um, every character that we talk about uh, in each season of Mortal Kombat is a character that was introduced in like the same game or two games. And so each season of this show is kind of divided by uh, a theme because there was a theme obviously to to that game story or the game before story. Um, So this season uh, we're covering the most recent two games released, Mortal Kombat 10 and 11. And uh, a big theme in those games was the question of uh, if you could turn back time and change mm-hmm. your past. Would you do it? And what would you want to change? Um, so we're so we'll like be a, talking about the character of Cher today. Yeah, we're talking about Mortal Cher. Kombat fighter. Famously, I do think she'd probably do, do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like in her 70s, I think now, and can do yeah. like a seven minute plank. Um, yeah. Also, I, I saw her in Vegas a couple years ago and she looked amazing. I bet. She just looked, her ass was hanging out. Um, of her of her dress she went for it and uh Mm -hmm. she looked incredible for somebody who is like beyond retirement age yeah yeah okay so sorry so we're just focusing i was just ready to talk about share Um, if if we could turn back time there are others others who might also that's that's the theme of this season is every character at some point is offered something or has a regret um, or has literally the chance to go back and change something from their past. Um, wow. So I like to ask my guests that same question that these characters are dealing with each season. So I ask you, Josh, uh, if you could go back in time and change something in your life, what would you change? This is a great question. I think if I could go back in time, I would ha- I would learn to be a little more handy as a kid. Mm. I think I would learn how to just that's I have a my dad is very handy i'm i'm not helpless like around the house but i'm not super you know i'm not i'm not like oh i i lost this screw and i know exactly like i can eyeball the the bore of the screw from having seen it so i know i just go to the place and i get a uh three eighths inch whatever like i I just wish i had like i was a little a little more adept around the house have you ever built like something like a piece of furniture or 
Yeah, I mean, like, I've assembled stuff. I've never, like, not from scratch. I'm, you know, I because I have friends now. I, I have some friends that, like, especially, I think, in New York, you get this itch to be like, I need to get out of this grid a little bit. And I have a couple of different friends that are like, I found a space where I can do woodworking, and now I build... I just like go into like Red Hook, Brooklyn, which is like by the water, but there's trains that go there. It's a little bit, you you know, there's a little bit more space for stuff. And like a guy has a warehouse and I just build shelves. And that's like my meditation is I build shelves and I've never like gotten to that. But I have assembled desks and bookcases and stuff. I recommend it. I had my first experience building anything during the pandemic. I built a garden box. I don't know why I keep saying during the pandemic, like it's the past. We're, we're still <laughs> in it. But um, <laughs> which point in the last two and a half yeah. years, about two years ago, when we were still in this current pandemic, I uh, mm-hmm. I built a garden box and it was really hard, um, probably much easier for many other people. But as a first thing to build, it was really hard, uh, but very like satisfying. And I get the meditation aspect of it. And also like uh, it's nice to have something and you understand um, being also like a creative person and like a writer, it's nice to have something physically tangible that I could hold in my hands and see every day in the real world and say, Oh, I made that versus like if anyone ever deleted whatever hard drive my shows are on right now or server, like it's just, it never never happened. (laughs) Yeah. You've got a garden box. You've got a kid. You're really, you're leaving your mark on the world. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm contributing to climate change. Um, you know, I'm doing. <laughs> but you've got that garden box. We're bringing in. You're turning some CO2 back into oxygen. I'm growing some of my own zucchinis instead of putting <laughs> them in a plastic bag at the store. <laughs> they really do. They wrap them up. They do. They wrap they those. They, yeah. They, yeah. Like CDs from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is like that. Um, I miss CDs, man. CDs were fun. They were fun. I think I, I talked also, about this on the show before, but there was a place near my house growing up that definitely sold like illegal bootlegs, but was just a fully operational store. Like new CDs would come out and they'd sell them for $8 in like the year 2000, 2001. And amazing. everyone I knew's parents felt uncomfortable taking them there, but no one had like a clear answer of like what was going on. And it was called yeah. CD heaven. There, there are in New York now, the closest thing to that, I think, I mean, obviously there's like actual bootleg DVDs and stuff like a lady will like wander into a barbershop, but like, (laughs) um, there, because, uh, marijuana is legal, but like they haven't gotten around to giving licenses to dispensaries, even though it's been like a year, there are just places that are fully operational dispensaries that are just like what (laughs) like that's there so you just are like this can't be and then you like it'll be like tobacco shop in big letters but then it'll be like 18 plus windows blocked out and you walk in and they're like they give they they size you up for like one second and they go okay you smoke weed (laughs) so funny that's that's so funny it's really funny because it's like kind of like that for a minute before now it's just like I can literally go on my phone and be like, marijuana right. at my house, please. And they'll just like some, someone will drive it up and then try to talk to me for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the New York thing is so funny because it's like, the, I, I, there must be some penalty for getting caught operating them. But like this, everybody must've gotten word at once that it's being deprioritized as enforcement because there's just places that you just like walk by on the street and you're like, you have like a storefront with a weed leaf on it. <laughs> Yeah, so, here, 
Yeah. Here it was like this weird thing where like it was when it was medical. Mm-hmm. Everyone basically openly made it a joke that you could like doctors would yes. would promote that you could basically walk in there and be like, my head hurt. And yep. they're, they're like, here's some weed. <laughs> here's, here's your card. <laughs> um, yeah. And he, here it's like because there is it was medical here for a long time. And it, but it was never at that level the way it was in California. Yeah. And now it's just chaos. Nobody knows how to act. It's like, it's so preposterous. It's really funny. But that, I, it's so funny. Like the idea of like a, a store that sells bootleg CDs, like what could the margins possibly be to have a brick and mortar bootleg store? I, it's honestly like, you know, Florida. So I, who knows what was going on? I wouldn't put anything past them. Right. They shared a building with like a raw bar. Um, but uh, <laughs> like clams. <laughs> yeah, it was like straight up. Like there's just a place next door that was like all you could eat buffet with ice cream, like clams and oysters. <laughs> I never went in. I think it was called GW Sharkies or something. But uh, Shellfish Heaven. GW Sharkies. Yeah, that's that's like a that's like an insurance agency in SpongeBob SquarePants or something. It's like a real chain in Florida. I put them into a, a pilot that I wrote that was like set there because I yeah. left such an impression in my brain over like my whole lifetime. Totally. The that Viacom owns. So if you ever want to put that stuff, by the way, Viacom, if you're listening in a fighting game, go for it. You're not doing anything else with it. So yeah, put them in, put them in Viacom bad. The, um, <laughs> there was... Uh, where I'm from, oh, I, mean, I think they have them in Florida too, but it's from where I'm from in Massachusetts is legal seafood, which they don't have everywhere, but that is a real, no, the lady doth protest too much. It's like a, <laughs> uh, it's like the PF Chang's of seafood. It's like that level of, oh. it's in a mall, but it's kind of nice. And, um, and it's, yeah. So, but it's a very funny name. Because like yeah. no one would assume that you're getting bootleg seafood <laughs> until you bring the law into the name of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, did you ever go in and ask about that? You're like, okay, but can I see the illegal stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, let me show me that back room. Let me see what you got in the back. It's like yeah, I can eat a whale. <laughs> yeah, we got a mermaid back there, and she'll do anything you want. Mm-hmm. You got to pay the price. <laughs> that had to have like, been it, right? There must they must have had a mermaid, yeah, or some they kind had a of side other. hustle where you could do whatever you wanted to a dolphin if you came yeah. into their back room. Like, <laughs> so do most people fuck the dolphin? It's like, oh, buddy, most people don't. Most people go way beyond that. Like, what? <laughs> oh no! I don't uh, know what that means. Like, <laughs> my favorite thing is the the likely truth that mermaids are just like the story people make up when they fucked a dolphin at sea and are like, no, 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 no it was a pretty lady. <laughs> It's so funny. Right. It's just like a drunken sailor. Cause I think that I've heard at one point that it was like manatee is the closest thing, which is mm-hmm. like such a different body type and skin <laughs> texture. And just to be like, damn, these ladies in the ocean are so sexy. <laughs> it's just like, you can't even, you're not even supposed to catch him in a net. It's like, no, just let him be. We don't yeah, eat, we don't eat him very fast. You don't make love to him. Just let them live. Please. There actually was a famous commercial that aired throughout my entire childhood in South Florida. That was a short cartoon where three manatees named Mumfrey and Mindy and Max beg you not to hit them with your boat. They sure. sing a whole song that's like three minutes long. It's like, please don't kill us. Don't hit us with the boat. <laughs> now, que- real question. 
Yeah. Was this like, hey, keep your eyes out the way that it's like, hey, motorcycles are everywhere. You should keep your eyes out. Or were people hitting them with the boat recreationally? Just like. <laughs> um, You know, South Florida in particular and Florida in general is a place that people move to to reinvent themselves. So sure. probably a little of both, depending on okay. why someone needed to <laughs> or wanted why to reinvent yeah. themselves. Yeah, I want to. F- I'm 65. I'm ready to lean into my sadism, or uh, <laughs> and or, then you just know. like those, those singing cartoon manatees really turned me around. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Or Mumfrey and Mindy and Max, we want you to get off our backs. That was what they. Yeah, <laughs> my back. Stop yeah. murdering me with a boat. <laughs> We're so glad you found us, but please go around us. Just love us. We'll mm-hmm. love you back. Mwah. That was their. That was their song. And that's that's where people are like. So they they are cool with like physical stuff though. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to hook up, <laughs> but they're but they're like down. Yeah, they're right. They don't want you yeah. to kill them, but like they're yeah. they'll get a little freaky. Yeah, you saw the way they were blowing kisses in that ad. They said "moi." Yeah. I think they were a mother daughter or mother father and son. Yeah, they're really freaky. Man, these are really freaky. <laughs> Weird shit. <laughs> Uh, um, great. So in conclusion, you'd be more handy. Um, okay. I would like to be more handy. Yes. That is, that yeah, yeah, is yeah. what I would change about my past. I would have paid more attention when adults were teaching me like how to bevel. <laughs> what was the last thing that happened just like in your day-to-day life where you were like, I wish I was handier right now. We, um, we had a, like a, a toilet thing happen. This is a couple of years ago. This is the one that comes to mind because I'm again, medium. It's one of the all time like funniest sentences. Yeah. The toilet thing. Yeah. <laughs> the toilet thing. Happened. It was <laughs> that's such a euphemism. That's <laughs> <laughs> like how the New York times writes about like officer involved shootings. And it's yes. just like, a toilet thing happened. You're like, okay, the toilet you thing the happened toilet. to us for yeah. a few years. <laughs> um, but it's, it was a couple of years ago and it was early pandemic and it was like, we mm-hmm. didn't really want like a plumber to come. So I, you know, I can plunge a toilet that didn't work, bought a snake, snake didn't mm-hmm. work. And then the, the plumber came and he thought, he thought that I was a guy that like hadn't tried anything. You know what I mean? Cause he was like, okay, let me try this. Pl- okay. That's pretty tough. And then he tried the snake. And he was like, that's pretty tough. And then he was like, this is really bad. I've never seen, this is like an embarrassing thing to say, but he's like, I've never seen a toilet clogged this way before. And so he had to like dismantle it. And it was like, God, I would love to not have to bring in a stranger to be like, uh, the things you do in the bathroom are without precedent. <laughs> We're living in unprecedented times. And like your gastronomical situation is a big part of that. The things that I've your seen in the plumber during early rather. COVID and this... This is crossing mm-hmm. a line for me. There are just, uh, I can't sleep at night for all the ambulance wailing through the streets, but this will haunt me till my deathbed is <laughs> what you've done to this toilet. Do you think there are people who become plumbers just because they're bullies and it's a chance to say that to every person that they don't <laughs> like? That they... <laughs> I I feel like you get so few referrals. That's the yeah. thing. Your Yelp rating is going to go way down. Well, if, if you just put like, it on them, though, right? Like, did you, you know, if if your bit is like, I always, if I show up to a client's house and I just don't like the cut of their jib, yeah. um, I pretend to plunge it and go, geez. And then I pretend That's to sneak I mean. it and go, oh my. I feel like you feel bad about yourself and you're like, well, this guy gets two stars because he made me feel so bad about what I did to this toilet. He should have been kinder and gentler about it. Yeah, he should have had a a better uh, bedpan side manner. (laughs) There it is. 
See, this is all my brain does all day long. Oh, Lordy. It's, it's it's like the my toilet of brains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just clocked. Uh, <sighs> all right. Well, uh, I think it's time. I think it's time to start talking Devorah. Okay. If you if you're if you're feeling up to I'm it. Devorah is the character we're talking about today. And the first thing you gotta know about her is she's a chitin, which means mm-hmm. she is a bug lady. She's a lady who's made out of bugs. Um, okay. Personal made feelings up. on bugs? Are you a bug guy? Are you an anti-bug guy? I don't love them. I have kind of a live yeah. and let live stance. I when I see a bug outside my home, I'm like play on player but when i see one inside the home i'm like this is this is not for you you have There's to nothing go for you here. yeah you gotta go either you, you know sometimes i'm feeling charitable and i'll be like all right spider let's go outside but a little fruit fly i'm like i can't catch you and bring you anywhere you have to die is it that was a question i had is like is it in new york is it harder here i'm not too far from the door to my home to be able yeah. to like get get a bug outside to try to let it live. But is it harder? Yeah. In New York where it's like, you maybe have to go down an elevator, some stairs. It is. We have a little, um, like a tiny little three by five terrace. So we can put the bug out there if we, oh, if we're good. feeling generous. Yeah. But again, yeah. there's some bugs that don't cross that like a mosquito. I'm not going to be like, Hey bud, go off into the world. I'm just like, no. exterminate yeah, no, those. Yeah. No mercy. Sure. No. Mm-hmm. We sh- I wish I don't know that it would have I'm not certain whether or not it would have any ecological effect, but I do think we should find a way to get rid of all of the mosquitoes. Yeah, I I would be, I think, cool with that. And and, yeah. and that's taking into uh, taking into consideration the fact that it might be environmentally catastrophic. Yeah, it does feel like the beginning of a Michael Crichton movie where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, let's get rid of the mosquitoes. And then, oh, and then just like you weren't actually supposed to do that. Yeah. Six years later, for some reason, tigers are as big as houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, I, oh, just on the mind because that last Jurassic Park movie was about locusts instead of dinosaurs oh, right. for some reason. <sighs> um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's such uh, a strange choice. I say that as a fan of the swarm. Um <laughs> But uh, anyway, on, on the subject of bugs, so 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 Devorah is a bug lady, mm-hmm. and uh, as a chitin, um, her way of life is to live and protect and expand uh, the hive. The hive being like her entire race, basically. So they live in this realm called uh, Arniek, which is an a, a, a kind of island realm. So like ima- imagine a dimension where like the only populated planet like earth. It's like, everything's an Island, um, which I guess like in theory, you could say every continent is an Island, but like smaller, smaller islands. <laughs> okay. Got yeah. it. Further apart, smaller. Yeah, no yeah. man is an Island. I read that one. Yes, <laughs> so it's not right. like just a guy floating. So it's somewhere well, between the sides that, of a guy. Uh, as far as we know, there are only women also in, in, in the and, species of Kaitin. And you said made of bugs. Is made she- of bugs. She's not just one big bug. She's like a bunch of bugs. I'm going to be honest with you. They play really fast and loose with this. So <laughs> she this feels like something you'd want to nail down. She, <laughs> like if, by all accounts. <laughs> she, hey, a lot of bugs are one bug. Eh, no, 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 no. We'll figure it out. Let's, well, let's see. We'll see when we get to a beat where we have to clarify it. But, um. Okay. Okay. You know, she. <laughs> She she appears, if you Googled her, she appears to be a big yellow bipedal 
mm-hmm. person who has bug-like attributes, including these like spidery legs that come out of her back and shoot venom yep. and wings yep. um, and, uh, and, a, and a hard shell, like an exoskeleton style shell. Um, that said, there have been moments in the games where either she got injured and reformed her body out of many small bugs, which implies okay. that her whole body is like a sentient pile of bugs. Yeah. Um, she has also ripped like maggots out of her stomach and jammed them into other people's mouths to incubate and then burst out of those people's bodies like a cocoon. Okay. Um, is that like a, is, is that a fatality? Are we still doing fatalities by this game? We are. We are. Okay. I can't remember if it is. I think it might not be i want to say it might be something that's more in like in like an arcade ending the way that it works in the games as far as like the the continuity and the story is like there's a story mode the last Mm. uh, 10 or more years now where it's like this is the story of this game yeah um and then the arcade ladder so like if you just pick a character and just play through like 10 fighters just to play will give you an ending that's like if this character came out on top in the story this is what would have happened to them so i feel like I feel like she's got a couple of those that are about like, and I put my little maggot inside of the mouth of an elder God to make an elder God bug. Um, But then there are also times when you see her body fall over and like another bug flies out of her and just comes alive. And you're like, Oh, is she that? And the other thing's an exoskeleton. So don't know is my answer. She is a bug and she is many bugs. (laughs) She's a particle and she's a wave. I get it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, as are the rest of her people. Um, and so, okay. so, yeah, they live in this dimension called Arniac. They live on these islands. They they have a queen named Alshiva. And she looks like the bug queen from uh, Starship Troopers. She's just like a cool. big bug creature. Um, and so they were living, vibing in Arniac for a while. And then um, when they discovered alternate dimensions, because they were like an advanced, you know, species, um, they decided, okay, now our duty to expand the hive is to go to other dimensions and start shoving maggots in people's mouths and expanding the hive into other dimensions. Okay. Um, now, generally, the rule, right, is that you can't merge two realms, but this is kind of a loophole they had where they were like, we can't merge Arniac with like Earth realm. We can't merge Arniac with the realm Outworld or Adenia, um, but we can go to those realms and then start turning those people into Kaitin. And, uh, or so now, using so, their bodies to like make chitin. <laughs> the kind of extension of that is like, look, there's two realms, but it's all bugs. It's bugs all the way down at this point. Like exactly. it's still, it's still earth, earth realm or, or out, outlander, you know, the Scottish realm yeah. where they have sex on outlander. stars. My parents are really <laughs> into it for some reason. Um, and you could turn those people into bugs and it's like, Hey, we didn't merge realms, but they're all bugs now. So what are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that's like that's her. That's that's the Kaitin's whole vibe. So they they specifically did go to to Outlander, uh, to Outworld, which so at that time they're very they're very like letter of the law, right? They're very like scholarly and legally minded. And her name is Devora. Are these bugs Jewish? Is a question I I have. And I also hope not because she's one of the most reviled characters in Mortal Kombat. Oh, bummer. I just feel like we've gotten enough of that as a people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Too much Harry Potter did us too dirty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it is definitely like the hook nosed money goblin of uh, Mortal Kombat Kombat. characters that she does. There does seem to be some Jew coding on her. And it is like, hmm, 
she's a deplorable person. That's a weird. Okay. Her name's Listen. Deb. Okay. And they have a they have a, a scheme to spread their mm-hmm. their ways. Yeah. This seems right. I feel like we're f- six months away from QAnon thinking this is real. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some like anti Devora imagery um, with like <laughs> parenthetical around her name. They're, uh, they're grooming your children, the Buck yeah. people. They're like, putting their Jewish maggots into pe- people who are not Jewish are going to be so uncomfortable listening to this. And also, maybe is people this who a are metaphor? <laughs> we don't know. We forget what we believe. <laughs> we we don't know what that is anymore. We have pudding brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's like I think life begins at Circuit City. You're like that's not even a store. <laughs> like, what does this conspiracy mean? You think Circuit City is the root of all life? Aren't yeah, whatever. JFK 3.0 made Circuit City a baby <laughs> farm for the libs. But that's also JFK a good 3.0, thing. We know who's a so- he's software. Yeah, he's actually a plugin for Ableton Live, the music software. Um, but he's right, what's so- gonna he's what's gonna wipe the scourge. Okay. <laughs> uh, lordy, um, th- these times we live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, they're like time to expand time to go through this loophole, go to Outworld, and start putting bugs in people's mouths. Um, so, uh, so they did that. They went to Outworld. They started putting maggots in people's mouths. They started expanding and it was around the time that the God who was supposed to be the coach in Outworld, mm-hmm. uh, Shao Kahn, um, instead decided, you know what? I'd rather like be on ground level enslaving people, I think. And so he had just taken over um, and saw what they were doing and basically sent their asses packing. He was like, I'm going to slaughter all of you, killed a bunch of Kaitan and sent them back to Arniak. He then took mm-hmm. a step further. He was like, actually, I'm going to now be uh, conquering many realms um, and merging them with Outworld. And so he then challenged Arniak to a Mortal Kombat tournament. And, okay. uh, and with his champion Goro, he right. uh, defeated them in ten tournaments in a row, um, and merged Arniak with Outworld. You're a bug, and you've got like six bug legs. It yeah. must be so frustrating to have to fight a guy with like six human limbs. Those seem so much it's meatier. Not fair. Yeah. yeah, I guess Devora has like eight. I think because she has okay. like human esque arms and legs, sure. and then kind of four spidery arms and legs. Yep. But um, it Goro's is frustrating. A beefy dude. Yeah. Yeah. I will say Devora uh, famously has like a huge body count. She's she takes down several Mortal Kombat characters like permanently that people really? get pretty upset about where they're like, what the fuck? Who is this? Stop. <laughs> um, they're, just, they're just done like out of like, the, out out of the, of the narrative. Canon. Yes. Wow. Wow. So, uh, I also, there was a moment where you're like, Devar has a pretty serious body count that I thought you were just and they she were, can like, fuck. canonically yeah. with slut shaming Devora. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you what? You think just because we had this sexual relationship, I can't fight you in combat to the death? Like, fucking, it's twenty twenty two. Nah, mortal modern Mortal Kombat's pretty cool about that. I feel like they wouldn't slot shame Devora. That is um, pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty. They, it got. It's pretty. It's pretty liberal. Yeah, it's mostly Jew shaming. The pol- <laughs> right. The um, the politics in uh, 
the in Mortal Kombat are like better than American politics, except for the fighting to the death. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much accurate. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So. So Devora uh, sees that her realm is going to merge with Outworld, and uh, so do the rest of the Kaitin. And they're like, "Oh shit!" His whole thing is he's going to make us slaves. This is not protecting the hive. So first they uh, kill their queen, Alshiva, um, okay. because they're like, you did a bad job. You did not protect us. Uh, sure. You're out. Now they're all preparing to be slaves and they're like, this sucks. Um, and uh, so Devora walks up to Shao Kahn and uh, bows before him and says, listen, I will serve by your side. I will be a uh, dutiful servant for you. I just don't want to be a slave like the rest of them. Like, let me be one of your generals. I'm pledging fealty to you. Um, and uh, she hated the guy, but to her, she again, like was very litigious about the title of like protecting the hive. So yep. she was like, as long as one of us is alive, the hive is protected. The hive so it may as well be me. Yeah. Got it. Wow. Yeah. So pretty rough. So, uh, I'm- I do. I feel like there that is in part an act of of disloyalty to the other members of the species, right? To kind of sell them out like this. Yeah. But she reads the contract. <laughs> you know, she did. She just let, she followed it to the letter, and it's hard to argue with that logic, even if it's like uh, arguably amoral. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so she served him for a little bit. Um, canonically, ten thousand years. Um. So I guess they live a long time okay um the kaitin i guess uh, a lot of people do in the world of mortal Kombat. they're just like you yeah. talk about different species different realms but um yeah either she continued to take new forms um or she just like they live a while but she, she serves the guy thing, for like, nba players do where they'll like go to germany and recycle all their blood with new blood but she just did that yeah. with bugs <laughs> just like bugs in bugs out do they really do that is that real there was there was, um, I think it was Kobe Bryant famously like went to Europe for this platelet therapy that was like changing out his platelets. Let me look it up. Um, yeah, Bryant. Wow. Germany blood. I think this is a, yeah. Platelet rich plasma therapy on his right knee. And he went to, he went to Germany for it. And it was, I, I am, I don't know if this is a thing that has since become like, Oh, this is so commonplace. You do it in every hospital in America. Or if it's still like one German doctor, that's like, you yeah, know, if it can recycle the platelets, we can do that for you. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> God, that's uh wow. That's super intense. I feel like I'd be afraid about having all new blood. Like what if the blood was in a murderer and now, I yeah. have the urge to murder. Yeah, right. I, I feel like I'm attached to, unless you gotta, unless it's like, oh, this blood turned and you got to replace it all. I feel like I want a little bit of my own blood just like keeping my sensibility going in the veins. Yeah, that's how I feel. Just a dash at least. And then you hope that your blood's the dominant blood and it doesn't get like yeah. bullied by the other blood, like an Osmosis right. Jones like situation inside where there's like a hostile takeover. No, I, I feel like my blood, my blood and the rest of my body have a good thing going. And I think that they would, I think they would kind of keep it going and the new blood would fall in line. <laughs> hey, I hope you're right. Just in case it ever has to happen. It ever happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Devorah is serving Shao Kahn for 10,000 years. 
And uh, during that time, um, you know, they have their ups and downs. Uh, she survives. Well, the the, the surviving Kaitin who have become slaves um, form like an underground hive where they're like, okay. we're going to make a new hive. We're going to make a new queen. Shao Kahn finds it and burns it up. Um, oh. Devora had been in contact with them and knew that it was the new hive was happening and was really sad when she found out that it burned up. Um, but she had to kind of tamp that down and just like stick with him. She was last of her kind. Um, and, uh, I would like to think the likely thing is she was kind of waiting and hoping like there will be a point where I can get one up on this guy. There will be a point where I can like Mm -hmm. dominate him, put a maggot in his mouth and then restore the hive. I do feel like once you've gone 10,000 years and haven't gotten the drop on this dude, your optimism optimism has to be at a low, right? Just like, oh, yeah. he's like maggot proof. <laughs> this can't seem to get a maggot in this guy's mouth. This um, dude, he just always sees the maggot coming. It's been 10,000 years. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, it's like goddamn Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, well, you know, it's weird because it's like she, she waits 10,000 years. She doesn't make a move. Um, and then to to make matters worse, Shao Kahn does die. He does get taken out. After 10,000 years, he challenges Earthrealm and in the process uh, winds up losing his life. Um, but at that point, Devorah doesn't like run. She is immediately outworld is conscripted under the servitude of his daughter, uh, Melina, who he made mm-hmm. in a lab who is, is, she's deranged. She's an even worse leader than he is. She's not just enslaving people. She's like murdering them for fun. And uh, she makes Devorah kiss her boot and kicks Devorah in the face. Um, oh my And gosh. is like, you're my servant now. And Devorah just kind of like, she's like, I guess now I serve Melina. And now I and will, I guess, wait for my chance. The, the last, yeah. So, oh, so now she's got to, she's really, the pressure is on for her to start maggoting because if she's done, then there's no hive. Okay. Yeah. And like, and like for 10,000 years, she's been dealing with this pressure and not like made a new hive and not. Yeah. And now that Melina's in charge, she's again, she's just like, she's now she's working for Melina. Um, But an opportunity opens up. Okay. Uh, Devorah finds out that uh, one of Shao Kahn's old generals who has been working for Melina. Um, this guy named Kotal, uh, mm-hmm. she finds out that he's planning to stage a military coup against okay. Melina because he's like, she's out of control. She cannot be in charge of that world. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to take over and I'm going to rule. Mm-hmm. And um, just like every other military coup, you know, Kotal's a really good guy and has the best of intentions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It always, every military coup seems to come from a place of kind of like a big hearted, Heart's in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this is. That actually is what this is. She sees uh, one of Kotal's henchmen take a bullet for him as he's uh, serving Molina. And, and and it's one of the people who's like conspiring with him to, yeah. to do this coup. And so she's like, this is a real leader. This is someone who for whom people care. Um, okay. He seems to be leading with respect. I'm going to join the military coup. I think that's the wisest move for my own survival and for the survival of the hive is I'm going to help him overthrow Melina. Um, and they wow. do. 
Okay. They do. They, they overthrow Melina. She puts Kotal on the throne, which makes him now Kotal Khan, because Khan is like a title that you have mm-hmm. in Outworld. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Devorah still is the only living member of her hive, but she's now serving someone that she respects. And so we enter this interesting kind of unclear time where it's like, there's one of two things going on here. So she does not immediately start maggoting people. She doesn't run away. She doesn't return to her realm. She she just kind of starts serving Kotal, which means... Now, what's going on in her realm? Are there more bug people or are they no, just... They're, they're donezo. What happens when you merge with our world is like literally the... So imagine you took our universe and however vast it is, assuming yeah. it is not in, infinite. Okay. And and super glued it to another universe. Okay. So it's like the physical space is still there. It's present. Yep. Um so it's kind of just like a desolate wasteland and the burned oh, out that's new right. hive and yep. and it's just her. So like it, it's not really a realm for her to return to. She could okay. throughout history there have been some people in Outworld who've like tried to unmerge their realm so mm-hmm. that they could have like somewhere to live again independent from Outworld. Um but she doesn't that doesn't even seem to be on her radar and she doesn't seem to like see a point because for her, it's more about like the living people of the hive yeah. rather than the like land mass. The, the, yeah. Of Arnip, yeah. It's the, the it's community. The community is where you, it's not where you are. It's who you're with. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so she, it's interesting. Cause like now she enters this point where she's serving Kotal. So it's either that she never really cared about the hive. She never really cared about her people. It's just self-preservation and she's got a good thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, or she just genuinely respected Kotal so much that she like put aside the, the current mission of like expand, expand, expand the hive and was like, I'm going to serve this guy and try to get, um, get the realm, get Outworld right. Since this is where I live currently. And, uh, it's, it's possible and likely that that's the case because, Melina didn't die. She just got deposed and she was okay. still living on the fringes of Outworld waging a civil war that lasted for like decades. Um, but that's nothing after this to, point. that's nothing to decades. She was Dropping just the working for 10,000 years. She's like, yeah, she, Oh, this civil she war. She's right. She's like, I've had arguments about TV shows that last longer than this. <laughs> She's yeah, I've like, been talking I've about talk- the lost finale for more. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just like, oh, oh, two centuries have gone by. <laughs> Sometimes I do feel like I've been talking about the lost finale for two centuries. <laughs> so it's relatable. <laughs> for the record, I'm pro. Um, I think pro it's a bold take, but I respect it. That's how I feel. I was I was there for the characters, not the twists. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sure. It's my sure. way of sounding cond- being condescending about it so that I feel like I'm right. Um, <laughs> it's very it's very good. I think that's a really Thank good you. line. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Civil War is going on. Melina's trying to now, you know, strike back and take her throne back. But Kotal is mostly riding the ship. Like Outworld is more peaceful. People are working together. The cities are are more like cities. Things are things are kind of normaling out. Um, and throughout this time, Melina's acting as his general. She's like investigating what's going on. Sorry, Devorah is. Oh, okay. His general is like, uh, she's, she's looking out for Melina and trying to figure out where she's at. She's, she's helping him in skirmishes. He's helping to make the people fall in line. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, at a certain point, um, Kotal is like, Melina is really a thorn in my side. I think I'm going to reach out to Earthrealm and see if they want to broker some kind of a relationship with Outworld. Because historically, Outworld has tried to conquer Earthrealm. That was the Shao Kahn regime. Yep. And now Shao Kahn's daughter's trying to take us over. And and I, America, at least, loves to intervene in wars. So, yes. Um, so that's the same here <laughs> yeah so he literally is like i'm going to the u.s military to ask them if they want to get involved in this and support my regime and and molina's attacks wow this is and it, they specifically they're like look we've got all of earth to go to we know that this they is kind of an american America. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like yeah whatever whoever's the president they'll want to do this there are a number of fearsome and powerful ninja clans that exist within mortal Kombat in earth realm mm-hmm. um including one that's like all cyborgs so they're okay. also deadly efficient and he's like i'm going to the u.s special forces the division of the <laughs> er, of american military that just, uh, intervenes in other dimensions we just know they're down to destabilize whatever yeah yeah so, of course, wow. he goes to them and is like, will you help me stabilize Outworld? And they say no. <laughs> oh, turn that. That's rough. Yeah. You, that's getting getting rejected by your safety school. Yeah. He, gets <laughs> he gets rejected by U.S. Special Forces and American movie star Johnny Cage, who is just kind of like, he kind of married in. He married someone in U.S. Special Forces, Sonya mm-hmm. Blade, and so he kind of like gets to just hang out, I guess, at military bases all the time, like Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, just he gets loves to fly whatever planes he wants. Hangs out in military bases as uh, an advocate for the magic of storytelling mm-hmm. and the theater experience, of course. The theater um, experience, and then. Um, interdimensional combat. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually quite a bit like Tom Cruise. Uh, despite the fact he was created as a parody of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, (laughs) Much uh, more Cruise-like over time. Over time, we've really moved on the the Van Damme to Cruise meter onto the Cruise (laughs) side pretty heavily. (laughs) That is the spectrum we all, the Van Damme to Cruise spectrum. Yeah. Um, It's like the Kinsey scale for interdimensional violence. Yeah, I'm a two on the Van Damme to to cruise spectrum. Oh, okay. A little Um, combat curious. (laughs) I I, I mentioned dipping my toe in, you know? Um, Haven't done it, but would, you know, when I think about it. Uh, I don't know if I'd fight to the death. (laughs) Seems a little much. Well, you know, would I would I rip a bug lady in half? Yeah, or yeah, I think I would. If I met the right one. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Kotal goes to to Earth and says, "Like, hey, will you guys help me?" And they're like, "Nah." Um, and uh, and and Devora, who's present, she takes her first field trip to to Earth. Maybe first. Who knows? Maybe she went there with Shao Kahn. Yeah. But she goes there and uh, she like fully tries to attack them for not being willing to help Kotal and like disrespecting him. Mm-hmm. So she's really all in. It, it really begs the question, like, is she willing to die for this guy? Maybe. But she's not still not turning anybody into bugs. 
To our knowledge, no, she's not maggoting anyone. Um, this feels like a premium opportunity. It does. It feels like you're even even in Earth. It's like we're 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 nothing. We're putting people like just put maggots in our mouths. If a big strong bug lady tried to turn me into a bug, it would be embarrassing how quickly I would get turned into a bug. Yeah, nothing could stop her from pulling that off. Yeah, she, she would do. Even it. just you get ten guys, they get ten guys each. Now it sounds like a peer, like a multi level marketing scheme. It's like <laughs> Fabletics or whatever. <laughs> but I feel I like love- she could be like those Facebook. You know, hey, I got those. Uh, what are those leggings? There was a documentary about. Oh, Lulu, Lulu, Lulu. Yeah, it's like that, but for bug people. Yeah. God, so funny. How many people did you know that did LuLaRoe? I feel like I'm on the outside of it. I only very, I've only really gotten approached by a few friends kind of in the MLM world. My wife gets it all the time from yeah. old acquaintances, that kind of stuff. But did I feel anyone like- from LuLaRoe try to sell you leggings? Is that... <laughs> No, not me personally. They know that, you know, that that's not my, you're, my leg style usually. Yeah, you're ah. dedicated to your brand. Yeah, I let my legs breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Still Jenkos from the early odds till now. Uh, remind me to tell you the, my Jenkos story after this. Um, All right. <laughs> it has to be off the record. Um, <laughs> you you were brought in to adapt Jinko, the concept of I'm doing the, I'm doing the Jinko movie. Um, not far off. We'll talk about it. So, so, uh, so Devorah is dutifully serving uh, Kotal to the extent that she's putting her life on the line and not jamming bugs into like Johnny Cage's mouth. So it's okay. like, damn, Devorah, you you seem to just really believe this guy is like a yeah. good leader. And, and maybe after everything you've been through serving Shao Kahn, Melina, um, seeing, seeing how the, the queen in, in your realm failed your hive. Like mm-hmm. maybe you see something in Kotal that like genuinely inspires you. That's, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so again, like she, without earth realms help now, she leads Kotal's army into many skirmishes with Melina's, uh, still loyal forces, which include now uh, Goro, who's still around, wow. yep. and his people. Um, she's also got this guy Baraka. Uh, oh yeah, Cottons. he's got like knife hands, right? Or- yeah, he's part of like a whole mutant like uh, species of knife hand guys and uh, and girls, and um, they uh, they are more loyal to Melina because her genes have been spliced with Tarkatan blood. So she's technically like kind of one of them, which mm-hmm. is why she looks like um, a princess, but also like uh, a terrifying uh, knife and uh, fang beast at the okay. same time. Um, so uh, yeah, Devorah is leading the forces into many skirmishes. Um, the, the war is going on and on and it's continuing to destabilize Outworld. Um, and then, uh, uh, eventually, um, Kotal is, uh, well, a few things happen. The war kind of escalates to this point where, um, Kotal's not doing so hot. Goro and his forces kill Kotal's dad. Um, and so Kotal starts to get like really stressed out. Um, Devorah tries to help him strike back and even helps get revenge on Goro for being a part of defeating her people in Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. you know, at this point many millennia ago. Okay. Um, he gets all four of his arms cut off. 
Um, and uh, yeah, pretty sick. That's and tough. Um, and Devora just like she stays really loyal. Like one of one of the other generals is disloyal to Kotal and uh, and like goes behind his back and does like an arms deal. Um, mm. Devora puts him in jail, even though she's been like working with him. Wow. Um, but uh, but these betrayals and losing his dad and the the decades of this war. Um, really push Kotal Khan to the point that he gets desperate and turns to blood magic, which in the world of Mortal Kombat is a very dangerous thing to mess with. Okay. Um, that's where you like cut yourself and say like mm-hmm. dark spells and basically let demonic magic in um, to make you more powerful. I don't know anybody that's done that since we were like teenagers. <laughs> yeah. And did it work out for them? Was it a good no, thing? It did it put tough. them in a healthier place? Like, no. No, put them at odds fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fast yeah you wind up at woodstock 2000 and mm-hmm. no one will- <laughs> i've i've a question i wonder if you've gotten this question before what part of this is mortal Kombat? what part of this is like in the games or when yeah. are they gonna oh um all of this okay okay just making is- sure that you're like and then you play the game <laughs> Now I'm almost to Mortal Kombat one. Just hold on. We just we're gonna roll a few more hours. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm happy for it to to take as long as it takes to tell the story properly. But I was like, is this all preamble? Is it like uh, the Philip Roth novel Portnoy's complaint, where the last line is like, yeah. and now we can begin. <laughs> yeah, that's like, this is like Tristram Shandy, the the, the like, autobiographical book where he keeps getting distracted and telling other stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the end, it's no. like, and then Mortal Kombat. <laughs> This is, this uh, is, this is I, I think we're specifically now actually in the comic book that preceded the release of Mortal Kombat 10. Okay. So we're still, I think, in that comic book series. And some of okay. these details came from some dialogue peppered throughout 10 and 11 that filled in some cool. background. Got it. Yeah, we're all we're all like about to edge up on the like beginnings of the 10th game and story okay. mode. Because now it playing those games now it's like you you're kind of playing round robin with different characters perspectives and it's like you watch a cut scene and then when two characters in the story are ready to fight you play that fight and then the next scene in the story it's almost like mm. watching a movie where you get to do all the fights yourself cool it is cool it's very cool it's pretty also, cool also on nintendo switch saying if you want another game to play okay Mortal Kombat 11 it's available right. um cool. so uh so kotal khan is getting stressed out he's messing around with blood magic specifically every realm has a a Kamidogu dagger that they're protecting, which is like this powerful dagger that's like two has to be kept hidden, have to has to be kept safe. He takes his, which he's supposed to be guarding, and cuts himself and like says some incantations. And Devora starts to get worried. She's like, this is either gonna kill him or drive him insane. Yeah. And uh she's right, it does drive him in, insane. He becomes a possessed maniac. Oh boy. Um, yeah, and when they find Melina on uh this island where she's been hiding out. He goes there uh, himself and it becomes this crazy bloody fight to the death where like he's under control of the bad guys and Molina's forces and and Earth gets involved and and more soldiers oh, from Outworld get involved. involved. And, yeah. Oh, of course. They see a threat to the US and now they're like, all right, I guess we'll step mm-hmm. in. Okay. We saw some oil we want to drink up. So, so, um, yeah, like give us some of that blood magic blood. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we know we can make iPhones out of it. <laughs> it's an iPhone made out of blood magic. I could see mm-hmm. it. It doesn't feel like something that's not made of blood magic. Yeah, some kind yeah. of magic. 
Uh-huh. There's definitely some blood going into it, and then it feels magical using it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. blood magic. There's well, Sweatshops <laughs> are, in a sense, blood magic. Of course. And it is it is one... I mean, we know blood magic is only one half as powerful as the Red Hot Chili Peppers incantation of blood sugar sex magic. That's twice as powerful, I have to assume. Or at least three times, yeah. At least three times. <laughs> and then, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not at all. I hope the Chili Peppers are well. When was the last time they put out a song? Recently. Really? They did a new song recently. Yeah. Was ah, it good? Red Hot Chili. Was I it mean, about uh, Flea being in o- the Obi-Wan show? Oh, I forgot about that. Flea acts sometimes. Huh? He's not bad. He's fun. You gotta you gotta use him right. Right. Great in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. He's well, a good bully. A, a new album this year? They had an al- a whole album? I think so. They put out a, 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 there's a video for a song called Black Summer that came out in mm. February, which that's very Chili Peppers. They're like February, yeah. technically to us, that's summer. <laughs> summer is February to November in the world of the Red Hot Chili Peps. They're and like, they hibernate yeah. from December right to from February. <laughs> They're like in California. February yeah. is kind of like summer. Kiedis <laughs> climbs <laughs> into a big uh, gym sock. From, from, <laughs> yeah, full body from regenerating gym sock. Yeah. Yeah. And then just full of salves and balms and yeah. nutritive powders. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all Sorry. Right, so so he's, he's, he's losing it. There's, he's losing it. Yep. Uh, Earth Realm shows up at this island to to stop this blood magic blowout. Yes. Um, Devora takes it upon herself to assemble his team to go save him, and that includes working begrudgingly with Earth Realm's army, with American mm-hmm. movie star Johnny Cage, mm-hmm. um, with the former general of Kotalkans who had betrayed them. She releases him from his cell and is like, "It's time for you to prove your your, your loyalty." Sure. Um, and they go to the island. Um, and they fight to try to save Kotal Khan. Uh, Devorah gets fully ripped in half. Oh, no. But survives um, okay. because the many bugs that she's apparently made of uh, eat all of the dead bodies on the battlefield and then regenerate their energy and reform into a Devorah. Now, this um, seems like now that she's back in the groove of bugs taking over bodies, this seems like her moment to shine. You're not wrong. Hell yeah. You're it's hive time. <laughs> it's hive time, baby. Um, sort of. Things get real weird here, but she definitely okay. makes some moves. So uh, yeah, Kod- <laughs> she, she regenerates herself. Kotal Khan, still possessed, puts a knife to her throat. He's like going to kill her. And it's like she's regretting all of her choices. And then finally, thankfully, at the last second, they are saved by the efforts of Earthrealm and Outworld combined. Um, but what okay. they find out is, so Melina doesn't die. Melina goes out, gets sent packing. So she's still alive. She's still out there. Mm-hmm. And what they find out she and a few other people were actually trying to do is they were using, they, they basically manipulated and pushed Kotal Khan to the extent that he used blood magic because mm-hmm. they were using the blood magic to try to bring back this object called the amulet of Shinnok. Okay. Now Shinnok was, he's like the Lucifer of mortal Kombat. He was one of the elder gods who created the realms, mm-hmm. but he was the one who said, I want to go down to the realm level. Like I want to go down to the street in earth realm 
and personally conquer. Isn't that why we made life? Like, let's go conquer them and fuck with them and like make them suffer and torture them and do do fucked up things. And the other elder gods were like, no, no. We have Sim was- City for that. <laughs> we have The Sims 4 on Xbox yeah. One. Um, Come on, man. Yeah. That's they- the healthy outlet for these, <laughs> these impulses. Yeah, he didn't want to go like, you know, uh, magnifying glass some ants or whatever sociopaths used to do. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it turned into like this big civil war among the elder gods. And he famously was like, um, sealed away in this amulet and sent to live in the nether realm um, which is literally if hell was a dimension to the extent that their god coach is uh lucifer okay the biblical lucifer so oh so this um, merges with the bible at this point it's been asked a lot and it's unclear but it's implied that everything you know of from the bible um was pretty much just like somebody caught wind of something from the larger uh, accurate Mortal Kombat mythology, got it, and turned it into Christianity or Judaism or other religions. The Bible is Cliff's Notes for Mortal Kombat, kind of like someone, like some farmer in Nebraska, accidentally stumbled into, uh, or I guess more realistically, in like Rome, um, stumbled yeah. into uh, uh, like a portal to the Nether Realm, saw Lucifer, came back, and was like, "That's what happens if you die and you weren't a good person," and created Christianity. Um, wow. yeah, I, that kind of vibe. Yeah. I don't not believe that <laughs> like yeah. in real life. It's just as likely as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To me, that's canon so, now. That's what I think of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like what they, that's, that's like what they were trying to do. Like Melina had been getting desperate and was now trying to resurrect, uh, Shinnok, like an elder God. Um, in order to have this like p- unlimited power, basically to uh, take back her throne in that world and conquer all the realms and just fuck with people. And so, uh, so Kotal Khan gets the amulet and then turns to earth realm and is like, I was manipulated too easily. It's too dangerous to keep it here. I'm giving it to you. Um, American movie star, Johnny cage and uh, American military After seeing general what we did in world war two. Yeah. This is inadvisable. Oh, well just you wait. <laughs> He gives the amulet to them and says, you guys keep it. And that's basically the day that Devorah uh, lost faith in Kotal Kahn. So, so we kind of come to understand, like, she did have faith in him. She did put these years in because she believed in him as a leader. And now she's lost that and is going back to uh, I only serve myself in the hive mode. And so she actually travels covertly to the nether realm where she meets Quan Chi, who is Shinnok's, like, main disciple. And says, I will dedicate my life to Shinnok. And uh, I'm going to basically become like the Mortal Kombat equivalent of like a Satanist now. And I will, um, but not like the cool social justice kind, like the other cool, like devil worshiping. Uh, right, evil kind. right, right, right. Um, and so she's like, uh, yeah, Quan Chi, I pledge myself to Shinnok. And I will help you get the amulet and help you free him. Because in her mind, she was like, that's the way that I get the leverage i need she's like i'm gonna not only bring him back but i'm gonna shove a maggot in his mouth and i'm gonna make an elder god kaiten um and then that will make no one will ever be able to stop the kite this is a real moonshot on her behalf yeah she like really took it from like zero to 60 Mm -hmm. she was dormant for like ten thousand and fifty years Mm -hmm. and now she's just ready to like 
find God and turn Satan into a bug. Yeah. I do. I have also procrastinated in the past. So I do (laughs) get it. I do get her whole thing. Yeah. She's not wrong. I mean, like ethically maybe, but um, yeah, I I see what's happening here for her. And she's made, she's made her choices and she's lived in the moment. Yeah. And now she's back to doing her. Yep. Um, so kind of, yeah, yes. So a, a few more decades pass now, maybe 15 years where she is, uh, continuing to serve Kotal Khan, but covertly serving the interests of Shinnok and trying to find that amulet and trying to bring Shinnok back. Okay. Um, Melina is continuing to hide out. Kotal Khan has been looking for her as she's okay. been trying to plan her next step. Um, and then one day Melina just shows up during like a, a procession where Kotal Khan is rolling through the streets of Outworld in his carriage mm-hmm. and just starts blowing stuff up with Shinnok's amulet. And huh, okay. Kotal Khan is like, what the fuck? I gave the amulet to Earthrealm. Why do they have it? What? Why does Melina have it? What's going on? Um, and right around the time that he's wondering that after barely surviving an assassination attempt, uh, some Earth Realmers show up, including uh, the child of movie American movie star Johnny Cage and mm-hmm. uh, military general Sonya Blade, um, Cassie Cage, who is now also a member of the interdimensional military. Okay. Um, uh, this group bad. of Earth Realmers show up, and they're like, "Hey!" And Kotal's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And they're like, "We were looking for that amulet. We lost it." And uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, and he uh, he gets pissed. Devorah yeah. says, like, we should just execute them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Kotal Khan ultimately is like, no, I want you to team up with them. They're going to help you look for Melina, and we're going to find this amulet. Because um, that's the kind of leader Kotal Khan is. He's like, mm, just do He's the not, work and go find the amulet. Not driven by vengeance. Right. It's about prag- pragmatism and how do I get this job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... So, so with Earthrealm's help, Devorah is able to track down Melina's secret camp. And she says to Kotal Khan, like, do I have permission to execute her? And Kotal Khan's like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, um, this has been long overdue. <laughs> yeah, and so she does. She fully, she gets the amulet. She grabs Melina and she uh, barfs bugs down Melina's throat until Melina dies. Finally. And the bugs eating her from the inside out. Yeah. Finally, she gets back to the bug stuff. Oh yeah, she's really into bug stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. She didn't make for some reason she didn't make like a Melina uh chitin, but she did uh you know explode Melina. So that's time? that's something. Okay. Yeah. That's something. You know, that's not bad. I thought she was gonna turn her into a bug for sure. Yeah, no, she just exploded her. <laughs> Real well, mission. She kind of melted really easy. Yeah. Um <laughs> like really kinda kind of straying from the core values of the Kai Ten. Yeah. She's be, she's just playing fast and loose with the hive rules right now. But um regardless, she she gets what she wanted. She she gets the amulet. Um Kotal Khan is like, great, we're not keeping it in Earth Realm this time. I want you to take it to the docks. We're gonna move it to like a secret location in Outworld. And on her way to the docks, Melina sorry, Devora uh kills Kotal Khan's guards, takes the amulet herself and escapes to earth realm where she's agreed to meet uh Quan Chi because that's okay. where they they plan on freeing Shinnok. 
Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when she gets to Earthrealm, she goes to a, uh, a military base where they've been keeping outworld refugees um, in Earthrealm, in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she gets there, Quan Chi is Guantanamo held- Bay. Right, yeah, it's, it's Guantanamo basically, Bay. it's a uh, Guantanamo Mortal Combat Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's Guantortal Combat Guantortal Combatamo. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Quan Chi is 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 not just like putzing around; he's actually being held prisoner there on the military base. And to make matters worse, when she oh. gets there. Uh, it's chaos because there's uh, a ninja clan there called the Shirai Ryu that are um, beheading soldiers and like holding them captive while their leader, this guy named Scorpion, who apparently has some personal beef with Quan Chi, tries to murder Quan Chi for like whatever that business is. Devorah doesn't even okay. know. She's like, what the fuck is happening right now? So she so shows this up. Is, it's chaos. This is classic Scorpion, right? This is get over here. Oh, uh, he's all about vengeance. Yeah, that's that's like a total Scorpion move. Mm-hmm. And this is like it's revenge for his dead family. It's like a whole Scorpion sure. thing. Yeah, this is also like a, an old man Scorpion mm-hmm. that is much later in the games, and it's like he's been waiting for this. He's older and wiser. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. So like she sees that Quan Chi's about to get straight up murdered by scorpion so she tosses him the amulet quan chi grabs it says the incantation that's gonna free shinnok and then quan chi gets killed decapitated by scorpion but Mm -hmm. it's too late it worked shinnok is free so shinnok escapes from the amulet he's so powerful he just like devastates everyone at the military base uh devora says to him like i pledge my life to you shinnok and shinnok's like sounds good now let's get to drinking some realm juice, which is like what he wanted to do. He wanted to uh, consume corrupt uh, Earth Realm's Jinsei energy, which is just a way, of, fancy way of saying like ruined Earth Realm. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, no further questions on that. That sounds up pretty straightforward. Yep. Yeah, yep. it is. It is. So they uh, they fuck off to the Sky Temple where the Jinsei is held, and they kidnap uh, American movie star Johnny Cage and bring him with them. Um. And, uh, and so they go to the sky temple. Um, Devora is kind of watching Shinnok's back while he drinks that, uh, realm juice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm she's picturing it coming herself. from a bottle of Sobe, Sobe. Remember yeah. that juice with the gecko on it, it does, from the nineties? It does look Sobe-esque. Mm-hmm. Why did okay. those drinks look that way? What was in them? No idea. Some of them were like, Milk? I think dairy. Yeah. They were like dairy <laughs> juice. It was, it was a weird time for beverages. It really was. I drank it. I'd go to the bowling alley and get me a same. Sobe. Yeah, same. Wasn't their tagline like, so be it? <laughs> I think it was. If it wasn't, it should have been. I'm pretty sure it was. I feel like I know exactly who in the Mortal Podcast, uh, like Patreon Discord, will have a clear answer okay. to that. Um, I'm glad somebody will. And I will get one. And I'll make sure that they forward the memo to you. Please. Um, it's not something you, you could know. just Google. Nope, not gonna. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so she's entertaining herself while Shinnok drinks Sobe uh, Energy Earth Juice um, by uh, spitting bugs all over Johnny Cage. Um, <laughs> not putting a magnet in his mouth yet, but really like drawing it out. Okay, yet. Kind of, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, she's, she wants to. She's just kind of like mm-hmm. pacing it out. Um. It really thinks it seems like everything's coming up Devora. Like what she wanted is is coming true, and no one's going to stop her. Um, 
But then Johnny's daughter, Cassie Cage, who Devorah had met earlier, uh, as well as her allies, stormed the temple, kicked Devorah's ass, defeat Shinnok with the power of love, literally. Um, Fruitopia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They use Fruitopia to defeat his Sobe juice. They're trying to form kind of an interdimensional Fruitopian government. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it all, basically it all goes to shit. Shinnok is <sighs> gone for good this time, like decapitated, okay. dead. And, uh, Devorah gets arrested. <laughs> That's tough. It's like cover. You know, <laughs> I gotta say she, I understand playing the long game, but she did a little too much dilly dallying when she should have been doing more maggot mouthing. It's a real shitter get off the pot situation. Yeah, for I don't want to victim blame here. Yeah, but I do think the bad things that happened to her could have been avoided by being a little more proactive. You might think if you were Devora, you'd be feeling like I wish I could go back in time and do something earlier, right? Like I yeah. wish that I could have done that. Um, and luckily for her, an opportunity presents itself to do just that. Got it. Kronika, the Titan of Time. Uh, which means she's like above an elder the god Colossus and controls the Colossus of Clocks, the Titan of Time, the uh, the Master of Minutes, the um, <laughs> the Sultan the, of Seconds, the Sultan of Seconds, the the Maestro the, uh, of Millennia. <laughs> yeah, the Maestro of Millennia. The uh, six the, more hours of this. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of one for hours. It's really hard. Oh, I'm like, there's yeah, got to be yeah. something that means mm-hmm. leadership. Yep. That starts with like, uh, um, we'll figure it out later. It'll come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, she appears and says, I'm, I'm a being that existed before the Elder Gods. Shinnok, in fact, was my son. And I'm upset that he's dead. And I'm upset that he was killed by Raiden, the god in charge of protecting Earthrealm. And I'm upset that Raiden mm-hmm. has also been fucking with the timeline. All this to say... I want to create a new timeline. I'm going to chuck everything that's ever happened in history in the trash and make a completely new timeline. But in order to do so, I have to go to a special island where there's a big old hourglass and pretty much stand there doing magic until it uh, flips over. And I know Mm -hmm. that people, including Raiden, are going to try to stop me. So first I have to recruit an army to basically watch my back. And one of the first people she recruits is Devorah because... The people she's targeting are people who have something in their past they regret and people who died in the past that she could bring back in through time into the present um, to basically say, like, if you all protect me, I'll give you what you want in the new timeline. I'll make you not dead. And she specifically says to Devorah, I will protect the hive. I'll make it so the hive was never disbanded if you protect me. That's pretty good. That's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Devorah obviously is like, deal. And, uh, and, and Kronika says like, but it's not gonna be easy because the first thing I need you to do is I've just brought Shao Kahn back to life from the past. The guy who conquered your realm in the first place. And I need you to help rescue him because he's going to appear somewhere where Kotal Khan is. Mm -hmm. He's gonna have no idea what's going on. Okay. Um, so like she sends Devorah, Devorah rescues Shao Kahn, but then as soon as they're alone together, um, and for some reason, she brings him to the burned out husk of the hive that he had burned out like thousands of years ago. Um, he immediately is like, where's my daughter, Melina? <laughs> oh, and that's going like, to be an awkward conversation. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, um, 
listen, I spit bugs in her mouth until she died. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, honesty is the best policy. Yeah, it it seems like it's going to turn into a real fight, but Kronika kind of breaks it up and is like, y'all got to stay on the same side. Devorah, I'm sending on a different mission. Go guard this camp. We're recruiting people in Outworld for this army. Go like guard this camp where we're trying to do a recruiting mission. While Devorah's there, she bumps into Kotal Khan, who's spying, because he plans on stopping, obviously, Kronika and Shao Khan, his old, his old uh, master and everything. Um, she captures Kotal Khan, who's like, Devorah, you used to be a loyal person to me. What are you doing? And she's like, I'm protecting the hive. And starts spitting mm-hmm. bugs in his mouth. Uh-oh. She's going to kill Kotal Khan, but she doesn't. She esca- He escapes. Um, a few like Earth Realmers show up and some Outworld people, and they break up the fight. Um, so uh, so Devorah gets sent on another mission. She's kind of mm-hmm. getting busy work, honestly, from from Kronika. Yeah. She yep. gets sent. Uh, she gets sent to like bully this uh, ferry driver named Karen, who uh, had promised to take. This is yeah. real small potato stuff. It is. She's like, go extort this ferry driver. He's the only person who can take the good guys to Hourglass Island and I don't want them there. So go like threaten him. Um, And so she does. Um, And uh, when she gets there, she gets interrupted by Scorpion, who's like, hey, I'm part of the good guy mission to go stop Kronika. I finally have like come around in my life and figured my shit out. Um, and I remember you, you were serving Quan Chi back in the day. I'm going to kill you. He was like the person, the architect of all my despair. Um, and so he's going to kill her and he almost succeeds. He slices off, um, some of her spider legs and she's like, ah, mortal wound. Um, but the fight's broken up by uh, a young version of Scorpion who's less wise than old Scorpion. Who's also been brought back from the past, but he serves Kronika. It's a fucking mess, man. Um, (laughs) Long story short, Devorah just like pieces out. No, no, no. I don't think you can use that expression at this point. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that said, honestly, that's the end of Devorah's story. Okay. She gets her little spider legs cut off by Scorpion. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. like a, it's like a, a, what looks like a mortal wound. She's gushing blood. Okay. And yeah. uh, in addition to that, like her main fear is like fire, like real bugs, um, but also yeah, that's like how the hive died. And Scorpion, of course, can do fire magic. So he like blows fire mm-hmm. at her and she like retreats into the ground. Um, okay. And uh, we don't see her again because the very next thing that happens is Kronika succeeds in at least one part of her plan. She erases okay. all of time, but okay. she gets killed before she can make a new timeline. So the way right. that the whole Mortal Kombat story has left off is that uh, time's been erased. Uh, Liu Kang, the former champion of Earthrealm, has become the new Titan of Time, and he's going to make a new timeline. We don't know. Yeah, honestly, it's a big, it's a big step up. Um, we don't know. We don't know what this new timeline is going to look like, and uh, so we don't know going forward. Like, is Devorah dead? Is she alive? Will she exist at all? Will her realm be safe? Is that going to be Liu Kang's mm-hmm. like whole mentality? Like, what's going to happen? Wow, um, that's incredible. And that's this uh, is how it felt at story. the end of season one of Yellow Jackets. Yeah, now you're like, I got to see season two of Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. And Mortal Kombat 12. Yeah, it's funny because Devorah kind of looks like a Yellow Jacket. Mm-hmm. I looked I up a picture. Dying. 
by the way, to see season two of that show. I'm so it's, psyched. It's so it's so good. Season one ruled. So good. Melanie Linsky said she's gonna come on the show. Melanie, we're waiting. We got my old friend. My old friend Melanie Linsky. She weren't our friends, but she did accuse me of doing a lot of cocaine on the internet. Oh yeah, there was that whole bit where everyone was calling you a, a coquette. Because it was it's so unlikely. Been, we're coming on nearly two years of this bit. Uh, How <laughs> sick of it are you? And do you feel <laughs> obligated to continue to participate or else come off as a jerk? I do think it's funny when Melanie Linsky does it. Yeah. <laughs> when it's when it's people that I don't, you know, people I haven't enjoyed on television. I'm a little, I'm a little, I roll my eyes a little bit when it's not friends. When it's friends, it's fine. Yeah, that's, that's and me Melanie and Linsky. the fake movie review thing. The, the we're recording the day Kung Fu Panda came out and uh, my writing partner c- cruelly encouraged people to make fake reviews for fun of the show um, mm-hmm. to like get back at me. And now I have to uh, just sit in all of these tweets of people doing the bit at me. And I feel like Jude Law at the end of I Heart Huckabees when they make him tell the Mayo story and he throws <laughs> up his hands in the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um. Shout out to Matt Koff, whose bit this really is that has gotten so out of control. Um, Good job, man. Yeah. Yeah. But Melanie Linsky, my old friend, come on the show. <laughs> yeah. Come on, uh, Melanie. Uh, I know you're really busy, but um, come on. Man. You uh, that's time. it. Do you, do, you have, do you have any final thoughts, Josh, on, um, on Devorah? That's and, and on so much character? for someone that only has appeared in two Mortal Kombat games. That's so much backstory. It's yeah. like it's incredible. I'm I'm dazzled. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> it is a uh, a truly wild <laughs> amount of lore, but that's what I love so much about Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's the it's densest, incredible. richest story in all of media. I get why people think that the Bible is just a little sliver of this. It is because well, it's not about is, thinking. It's objective it's knowing why people right why that why people people's belief is so ardent in this fact yeah <laughs> wow yeah that was incredible thank you for sharing with me this one sliver of the greater mortal Kombat story thank you for tolerating it and if you want to hear more you know you have a whole world now of episodes to listen to i'm fairly certain we have like hundreds of friends in common so you yeah. probably have lots and lots of uh of uh, friends to check in on, on their episodes. Yeah. I'm curious the what they all think of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Probably like it. It's we'll cool. See. Why wouldn't you like it? Yeah. You could, uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, Griffin Newman, you can ask I Griffin, do know Griffin about, Newman. uh, the time that we did a whole episode just like this about this long. And then he lost his audio and we had to do it a second time. But the bit was that he had to tell it all back to me now and remember. It. Oh, that's so funny. God. It was fun. I love Griffin. Yeah, he's, he's a, great. He's a treasure. Um, but Josh, that, that brings us to the last sec- segment of the show, a segment I like Perfect. to call Choose Your Destiny, in mm-hmm. which I ask you, Josh, now that you know more about the various realms and creatures that live in Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. uh, who would Josh Gondelman be in the world of Mortal Kombat? Who would, who would you serve? What's your fatality? How, how do you kind of fit into all of this? Okay. I, f- I feel like there's so much going on. Um, in, the, in the realm of Mortal Kombat, I guess... I mean, you know, my parents are bug people, <laughs> so oh, okay. I was raised bug person. <laughs> uh huh. As as long as that's still Judaism. 
yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like I feel like I could be one of those bug people that got exploded by Shao Kahn, the bug people resistance. That's I feel like that's a noble way to go out. Yeah, your people were yeah. genocided. You now feel a need to to spread the race and create more. Mm-hmm. So, and so you're saying that you you're someone who just died in the genocide. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Or but the second one, the one where you'd escaped into Outworld and made New mm-hmm. Hive, and then it got burned. There's no way. I mean, you're seeing me right now. There's no way I have the yeah. constitution to survive two back-to-back genocides. Yeah, it does feel like one of them would get you. Yeah. I I'm very like I'm susceptible. Deeply yeah. susceptible. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think as a bug, it, it, like as a bug power, I would want, I would want to like, like some kind of like acid. I don't want to spit right. some kind of acid. Yeah, they have that. You could do that. Your blood's acid, I think, if you're a kaiten, actually. So hell yeah. Maybe you just bleed on people a lot. That's pretty good because I will get cut quickly and get nosebleeds. Uh, so it's yeah. nice to be like, ha gotcha. Would you rather be made up of a bunch of bugs or be a bug inside of an exoskeleton or be- bunch of bugs? Okay. Yeah, it just feels more democratic that way. Yeah, like an oogie boogie band situation. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty okay. cool. Yeah. Cool. I bet you you get less sore. You don't get like joint stiffness when you get all those bugs making you up. That's much more probably flexible. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Josh, this this was such a treat. Um, if people want more Josh Gondelman in their lives, where can they where can they get it? I have a new stand-up special out called People Pleaser. It's where you can rent or purchase things across the internet, YouTube and Apple TV, etc. Um, I have a book called Nice Try. Uh, I'm on wait, wait, don't tell me pretty frequently and on, on NPR and Jesus and Marrow and Showtime comes back in, I believe, September. Wow. But there's lots of That's other, a... there's all the existing episodes you probably haven't seen yet. So if you haven't seen them, watch those. Yeah, I think they all hold value, even if they're a little outdated. I think, you know, obviously some of the older episodes, they're more mm-hmm. of the time, mm-hmm. talking about beepers and palm pilots. Mm-hmm. And stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started um, writing for them back in the 90s. I like, yeah. I got my start writing uh, skits for the Wu-Tang Clan's early albums, and then I moved <laughs> into <laughs> writing about beepers for Jesus. It's a pretty good gig, I bet. Actually, I think that'd be pretty fun. I want fun. that so bad. I, think I had the so residual fun. experience of I got to write a rap and some dialogue for Jizza. He was in the last show that I wrote on Kipo. The That's Age pretty Wonder cool. Beast. That's yeah. really cool. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I freaked out at the record. I had to like cover my mouth because I was too excited to be in his presence. <laughs> I did a, a wait, wait where Rizzo was the guest, the interview That's guest. Tight. And I got to ask the Rizzo some questions. So that was pretty fun. Amazing. I hope yeah. I am in my mind. He called you Josh Gondelman full name. Anytime. He Sounds right. <laughs> well, Josh Gondelman. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Um, well, great. Thank you. Thank you again, Josh, so much for joining the show. It's been a treat. Thank you I for hope you have fun. Absolutely. It was a blast. Uh, audience as always. Thank you for listening. Uh, because the show came out today uh, at the time of this recording, I implore you, please get on netflix.com and watch Kung Fu Panda, the dragon Knight, a show uh, I worked very hard on for the last couple of years that is now out and available to watch. It has uh, combat. It has mortality. It has mortal combat in it. Um, check it out. Uh, but that's it for the show today. So as always, finish him. <laughs>